and help us to glorify you with everything this morning. Open our hearts to your word. And even if my words come out crooked and scary, that you would be, that you, Holy Spirit, will take it home. And that you will establish something in each one of us this morning. And that will be sort of a cherry on the cake for what's been happening this weekend. We glorify you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I heard of a Sunday school teacher who wanted to bring home the parable of the vine. And she just asked the question and she said, what is green and hang, hang on a tree? So it's like, and now in a Sunday school, they, you're supposed to know the answer. So you, like you're the students, if they know the answer or you don't know the answer, then it's like fiddling here and looking around. You don't look at the teacher. And eventually one boy had his hand up and he, and he said, it sounds like a leaf, but I know the answer is Jesus. Growing up in a Christian church, the children know the answers. You always hear the testimonies, say, starting with, I grew up in a Christian church, but, why the but? Why do you grow up in a Christian church and then there's a but in, the, in another story? The, even if you know what to do, you don't always know the Lord. Last Sunday we were in uh, Swellendam and uh, the Josh Jen there, my ch uh, we visited our children. And they do, they do church in Afrikaans. And, but in, during worship, there was this beautiful young like a girl standing there, about two, three years old, with her hands up in the air. And sort of people were going, oh. And then she, while standing like that during worship, her brother did something. I think it's her brother. And she had a go at him. And then the dad said something. And she pulled her face at the dad while standing like this. So even if you know what to do and what to say, you don't always know the Lord. And that made me think, just after my conversion, um, I've, I attended a seminar in Bloemfontein. A guy from all the, all the way from the U.S. walked through the Bible. Dr. Bruce Wilkinson visited. Um, he did a seminar. And he told a story that really touched my heart. And the core of the, the, what he said that day is, is the message today. And the, the, he said he, he was a follower of this amazing uh, Christian leader in, in the U.S., a preacher, a well-known preacher. And one day while he was uh, at, a, at a function, his friend said, you see that young guy there? That's the son of that guy that you, the, who you're a fan of. And he was so excited. And he rushed over to this young guy and he said, Yo, I, I'm Bruce Wilkinson, and, and I'm a fan of your dad. I'm, uh, I really love his preach, uh, preaching. And what was it like to grow up in a house like that? And he said, the guy looked at him, and he started swearing. And he said, I hate my dad, and I hate God. And he turned around, and he swore. And he said, he was, he was blown away. How is it possible that someone growing up in a Christian home Cannot be a Christian. 
Now, before we dive into the word, this message is for you. Even though we're going to talk about if you have children, your children, or parents, your parents, this message is for you. And the three chairs here, it's not when I get tired, it's just to try to illustrate something. And you need to find out on what chair you're sitting and where you're supposed to sit. So let's dive into the word and sort of allocate characteristics and people to these chairs. And let's start with uh, Joshua, Joshua 24. Joshua 24, verse 14. Joshua speaking, amazing guy, uh, man of God. He says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you will serve. Whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. My, me and my household will serve the Lord. So Joshua, let's put Joshua in chair number one. Right. So now what about the the generation after Joshua. Let's turn just to in that same chapter to verse 31. Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the, out, uh, the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord has done. So almost the same verse, just, just go to Judges 2 verse 7. About this, exactly the same. Uh, Joshua 2, uh, Judges 2 um, verse 7. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the elders who outlived him, who had seen all the great things the Lord had done. Right. So here, this is the gener first generation, Joshua, serving the Lord. Here's the next generation that's seen everything that he has done, the, the, the uh, people who outlived Joshua. Now, what about their children? Let's go, let's just jump to the, uh, verse 10. Okay, okay. <laughs> you worried I'm missing something? Verse 10. After the whole generation that had ga been gathered, gathered to their ancestors, so they died. <laughs> Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he has done for Israel. So this is the third generation. They don't know the Lord. So if we start here with the first one, is chair one. They know the Lord. They say it, Joshua and his generation. This is Joshua's children. They know the Lord. They are saved. But what about their children? Scary. Verse 10 they, they, that says, or, uh, do, they do not know the Lord, and they are not saved. So let's place the guys not saved on this here. Let's just look. They had the miracles. They saw the miracles. They, they experienced the miracles. Joshua, the ch their children saw the miracles. They didn't always experience it. Because, you see, if you grow up in a Christian home where there's miracles, you take it for granted. And you sort of lean onto that. You sponge on them. Because it's happening, and you, you see it, but you don't, you don't always have the works. They know about the works, and the, the word says they saw the works. They know about it, and they saw it, so th they believe it. But then th the scary thing is 
this generation did not have the works and they didn't believe. Now, you see, it's because this one is committed to the Lord. This chair is commitment. And when you commit it, you just give everything. And that's sort of what's been happening since yesterday, a call to commitment. And so if you commit it, this this is where where, uh, you just give everything to the Lord. And then this this, uh, generation sort of sponge on this, and they don't always just, they're not uh, committed. They are Christians, but they start to compromise. And they, they, it leads to, they just compromise. They, they start looking at the things of the world. I can do it myself. And just what Rudy prayed, uh, um, Kilian prayed about now, we think we can do it ourselves. We've got money. We've got everything. It's the right color. And the, the, they've got, you can, you can do this yourself. You don't need God in everything. So, and we sort of play musical chairs and we start jumping here and then we go back to the commitment. And the moment you, go, you grow up in a house where there's compromise, what happens is this generation feels the conflict because who do they believe now? This generation's committed. This one, they committed sometimes, but most of the time they, there's compromise. I can... They sort of live compartmental lives. You have church, and here you just, oh, it's good, Lord, praise you, Lord. And then you go to work, it's a different life, and you play, go to the sport field, and it's different. And it's sort of more compartmental, com, what's the word? Yeah, whatever, okay. <laughs> so the, and so you, it's, it's in, you live in little brackets, and, but you need to be here. The, these people, everything is under the Lord. Everything's under the Lord. So they don't always, they have the Christian talk, but they don't have the Christian walk. Not always, sometimes. So th- they grow up in co- conflict because this, this generation say to this, these guys, or the, the, let me start here. They, they say this, something and then they do it. And it's easy to follow from here. But when you compromise, you say something and you tell this generation, do what I say, don't do what I do. And we see guys smoking, and then they say to their children, never, ever smoke. I, if I catch you smoking, you're dead. But then the example is, pl- is louder than the words. And they end up doing what they want. So can we uh, uh, um, put names to these chairs, different fa- uh, families in the Bible? Let's put Abraham here. Abraham committed to the Lord, totally handed over to the Lord. When the le- Lord said, move, he moved. No, no questions asked. What happened to his son, Isaac? He was saved and he, and he followed the Lord, but then he started compromising. He started, started telling the, um, putting his wife off as his sister, etc. So he made all compromises. And, and what happened to his son, Jacob? Jacob, he was a rebel. And he started manipulating his parents and his brother. He tried to manipulate God and he wrestled with God until he took the, the step to move to chair one. Because you see, it's your choice. You don't have to, you're not stuck to a chair forever. And the, so Jacob had to, to get up here, but he ended up here because that's what he experienced in his house. You see, the, this generation, the first generation, Abram, um, Joshua, this is God first and people. 
Love God above everything else and love people. They normally start there, but the, it's love God and love people, but it's about me. <laughs> so I come into the, the moment I start compromising, it's, it's, it's more about me. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether you're introvert or whatever. When, this, when someone needs to be done or reached out to, you do it. Yeah, oh, man, um, I'm tired today. I'm not going to attend. I'm, I don't feel like it. Uh, uh, all compromises. It's not always, sometimes it's God, sometimes it's people. But it's not always. There's compromise. And it's about me. And when there's compromise and it's sometimes about you, what about this generation? It's all about me. I'm entitled. It's about me. What I need, what I want. If I don't feel like it, I don't do it. It's, no one can tell me what to do. They don't have any purpose. That's why they need to find themselves. And they take time to go and find themselves. And they get more lost. Let's put another fa Bible family here. How about David? If you put David here, David was called a man to God's heart. He made mistakes. He made serious mistakes. He sinned. He, but every time he turned back to God and said, Lord, here I am. I'm so sorry. And God called him a friend, his friend, he, a man to his heart. What happened to his son, Solomon? He started there. He's punched on his back. He started with God. God, awesome. And then he started compromising because the things of the world started taking over, wives and possessions, and he started living here. And when you grow up in a house like that, this guy, Rehabiam, destroyed everything that David and Solomon has built up. Because of the compromises, because of everything that he's seen, destroyed every single little thing. You see, Okay, maybe Ron can just come help me, please. Just hold the mic. You see, what, what happens, uh, this is difficult to illustrate. When, you, when, you f when you're on chair one, it's God and me. And that's it. God and me. And I'm here and I'm listening to what God is, says, is saying and this is, that is it. But when you go to chair two, then it's God and me. You start there. And then there's compromise. What, what about me? What about my feelings? What about my rights? And then you go, God and me, and God and me, and me and God, and God and me, and me and God. And then you end up with me and God. God is in your life, and you're following God, but it's about me. It's about me, my needs, my rights, and everything that we, everyone's jumping up about. You see, and that's, that's chair two. But when you, and then when you get to chair three and you grow up in a house where it's me and God and God and me and mostly about me, then you end up with only me. It's just about me. There's a big difference between one and two. But if you sit here and you look at one and two, they look the same. Because they speak the same. They use the same language, the Christianese. God is good. God is whatever. They, you, the, and the problem is when you look at them and you grow up in a house like this, you think they look, they're the same. They are hypocrites. They, you think that they just talk when they're in church. They talk about it, and, but they don't do. And you think all of them are there. And when you grow up in a church, 
And it, in a family like this, you think all the, the adults in the church are hypocrites. And that they, they do the Sunday thing and then the rest of their lives they live, they live normal lives. If you, if, let me try to illustrate it with a story. Let's say there's a family here in che, on chair two. And they, they come in, they're going to church now. And now they're fighting at home because they're late. And the dad is shouting at the children and he's looking for his Bible. He can't find his Bible. So eventually they get in the car and when they get here to the church, um, the, they're arguing there in front, dad and mom and children at the back see their parents argue so they argue and they are having a go at each other so when they get out there dad, dad says hurry up and he runs around the, the car and he opens the door for the wife first time this week and and then the um, wife gets out and she wants to get the last last word in and and he just goes shut up take my arm morning brother morning sister beautiful day isn't it and now they walk in, and then they ask this guy to come and give his testimony. So he walks up there, he takes his Bible, he comes up there, says, when I was eight years old, I gave my life to the Lord. And since then, it's the best thing I've ever done. Since then, my life has never been the same. And this, and he holds up the Bible, is the most important book of my life. And the son goes there and pumps his sister, and he says, check it out, Dad, he's cooking. And then when he gets back in the car, he says, how was that? How was that? And they get home, and they have their meal, and they have to pray. That's what you have to do. Uh, so they pray, and it goes something like, oh, yeah, and he chucks the Bible, the most important book there. He chucks it there, and then they pray for the food, and it's, Lord, for what we are about to receive, make us truly grateful. Amen. Pass the meat. What do you think a child growing up in a house like that is? They think all people are like that when they talk about the Lord. Most of the time, these people yeah, have one or two testimonies. But when you ask the guy in chair one to give his testimony, they come up here and they don't know what to, what to testify about because there's so many experiences with God. And they say, last night when I read the Bible, this is, this is what happened. This is what the Lord said to me. And this morning, he confirmed it with this scripture and Last night, this morning, when I was eight years old. This day are sold out on the Bible. The Bible, if the Bible says this, this is what they do. When we get to compromise, then it's sort of you're governed by Christian consensus. Everyone's doing it. This is what the trend now. Yeah. Time, times have changed. You need to, to adapt to the times. So let's, let's, you can watch the movie. Even if they call, if they use the name of Jesus Christ as a swear word, don't just focus on that. You know, otherwise, I won't be watching every movie, any movie. And the moment when there's Christian consensus, when other people determine and not just the word, then what do they do? They do whatever they want to do, and they demolish all values. And we see that throughout the world. And the scary thing is that 
inside and outside the church. And it's not about age. You can be 10 years old and sit here. And you can be 80 years old and sit here. It's not about age. It's about the heart condition. And you, So it's about the, this chair is, co- is convicted. The Lord is everything. And the thing with conviction it is that it rules you. doesn't matter whether there's people around. The conviction will rule you. You'll do it whether there's people or not. No people around. If it, the problem is you cannot pass on conviction to someone else. Because if I say this is my conviction and you see it's really true, like if you grow up from here in that house, then it, if you don't take the step to say that's also my conviction, then it becomes your belief. And we change our beliefs as we go along. It's like uh, I see a guy and I think he's a jerk and he's uh, arrogant. And then I get to know him and he's actually just introvert and shy. And, and I change my belief about him. And we change our beliefs all the time. So if, and now I believe, they believe, if you sit on this chair, they believe. But you can't pass on a belief either. If you try to pass on a belief, it becomes your opinion. And these, this chair is just opinionated about everything. And they, they reckon all this is just your opinion. You see, it's because the, when you're in this first chair, this is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This is a, it becomes a, they've got a relationship with the Lord, but it becomes a responsibility. You, you know, you have to do certain things. You have to do it. So it's more a responsibility. And when it's a responsibility here, they think that is just religion. And it, they can just do it. And now the question is, where are you sitting? And like I said, we play musical chairs. The, even devoted Christians sometimes in some area of a life, maybe, maybe healing or whatever, sit here that you don't believe it's possible. But so many times we sit here and we compromise. And if I think back on my life, uh, I think back of the times that I've compromised when my children were growing up. I'm so grateful for God's grace that my children have moved to this by themselves. And that the, the compromise did not affect them because it's your choice. It's your choice where you sit. Now, Let's, we've been talking about the Old Testament people, and do you think it's in the New Testament that we can get that? Let's turn to a New Testament church and see how that fits in here. Let's go to Revelation, Revelation 3. And Revelation 3 is written to a Christian church. And why is it written to them? Because they sit on chair 2. Let's have a look. Revelation 3 verse 15. The Lord says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one of the two. So we can say, okay, let's, let's just imagine that chair one is hot and chair three is cold. And so they on chair two, they, they sort of lukewarm. Right, and what does the Lord think about them sitting here? Verse 16, because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. And remember, he's talking to Christians. So I don't think here it refers to to being lost. It refers to God's utter dislike 
in what they are doing and how they're acting in their behavior. So the Lord doesn't like that at all. So he tells him what the problem is in verse 17. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So it's the things of the world that we've seen in the, in, in the Old Testament with, with those people, Solomon, and, uh, that the things of the world take over. You, and it's something that takes the place of God. Here it's God everything. Here something takes a place. Uh, I'm earning my own money. I've got positions. I've got a position. I can do this. We've got motivational speakers, and we can just do a course on anything, and Google can teach me to do almost anything, so I can handle this, and I don't trust the Lord with everything in my life. So let's move on. What does the Lord say in verse 18? I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. So that you can become rich and white clothes to wear, so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. And then verse 19, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline, so be earnest and repent. And that's what Andrew said yesterday. God loves everyone. God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. He wants us to turn and repent and if you're sitting on chair one, keep going, man. Keep going. This is where you belong. This is where you'll find life and peace and joy. But if you're sitting on chair two and you realize there's compromise, and you realize that you actually belong on chair one, that you can be totally committed to the Lord, how does a Christian turn around and repent? You get on your knees and you say, sorry, Lord, like David did, like we see throughout the Bible where people turn back to the Lord, even though they knew the Lord, and just say, so I'm sorry, Lord, I tried to do my own thing. I made my own little idol. I want to move where you want me. So how, does he, how do you do that? Easy. You just get up, you kneel before the Lord and say, I'm sorry, Lord, and you take your rightful place here on chair one where you belong. And if you're on chair three, this is an invitation from the Lord to say, you need me. And if you realize you need Jesus Christ as your Savior, this is an invitation where the Lord says, I'm here for you. Verse 20 says, here I am. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's an invitation to say, come and do life with Jesus Christ. It's a new adventure with Jesus Christ. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And an invitation to experience life, victory with Jesus Christ. And what does the Lord say in verse 21? To him who, over, who is victorious, who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Verse 22, whoever has ears, listen to what the Spirit says to you. You can be here. 
We were created to be here. And the Lord is standing with open arms like, like the father in the, in the parable of the prodigal son to say, come, my child, come to me. Whether you're here and move there, and if you need salvation, to kneel down and to say, Lord, I need you. I need to be saved. I, need, I can't save myself. And that you get up and kneel before the Lord and sit here where you actually belong. Because that's where you belong. Let's close our eyes. And if there's anyone here that feels they're on chair three, that they don't need the, uh, or that they don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior, if you can just raise your hand, and then we'll we'll pray with you afterwards. Okay, and if I would like you to stand with me now and just pray and. Let's pray, everyone just please to stand, and Lord, we just give ourselves to you once again this morning, and we want to commit ourselves to you and your service and what you have, your purpose for each of our lives, and that if we're on the second chair and we compromise, Lord, forgive us and help us to just move to where you want us totally given over to you, Lord. Our Holy Spirit, guide us so that we can follow wherever you may lead and that you will be glorified in everything in our life, that we won't compartmentalize, that we don't live one part of our lives without you or think we can run our own lives, Lord. Whether it's studies, whether it's work or sport or whatever it is, Lord, that everything will be un under you and that we will live under your guidance, whatever we do. We worship you and we praise you and we glorify you. Help us to do that with everything in our lives. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Christine. I, I, that's um, a lot of that message sort of hit home and hit areas in my life, so thank you so much. I, I want to extend the invitation again because that last part was so serious and I do believe that that was there's a God moment in that. I, I want to extend that invitation. If you are standing here and you do not know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please don't go from this place. Come to the front and we'll pray for you and lead you to Christ. This is serious. We are living in the end times, guys. Your time might come as we go home. We don't know. God is the giver and taker of life. So please don't leave this place if you've not yet committed your life to Christ. Are we okay? Okay. So um, I'm going to end the meeting. I want to say thank you so much for joining. For those who need prayer, you can come to the front speak to the elders. We'll gladly pray for you and have a fantastic day. Enjoy family, enjoy the brides and meals and everything. And we'll see you next Sunday. Amen.